name was Nakitulo, which means sweet. <laughs> What happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren? My wife and I will take the fans and move milkers everywhere welcome to episode 48 uh blast points this is jason that's gabe i don't know i don't know i hope you brought your dancing shoes gabe because this might be the only episode of blast point that you can dance to I'm gonna get my disco ball out <laughs> i heard some people were dancing to the uh, shadows of the empire episode but um that was it totally could be could be yeah that was totally that was, on their own that was the closest thing to a, to the dance mix we had so far <laughs> Yeah, coming up later, we're going to be talking about uh, the second most influential Star Wars soundtrack of all time, the uh, the, the wonderful Star Wars music of Miko. Incredible Miko. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing Miko. The beautiful Miko. There's a lot to talk about. That's coming up later. But first off, there's a ton of news happening, and we'll start out with some Rogue One news. So the the whole Rogue One kind of promo blitz started kind of today. We're recording this on Sunday, and today we got a new TV spot. The Empire's building a terrible weapon. I need your help. We can stop them. This is your chance to make a real difference. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Are you with me? All the way. Yeah, and if it's anything like Force Awakens, once the TV spots hit, it was just an onslaught of new bits of footage. I almost felt like daily. Yeah, just constant. Um, 
Yeah, constant. But we're getting close. I mean, just a few more, another week maybe, and we're only going to be, what, 30 days out. So It's crazy. We Today we got the, the TV spot, and there were some new um, like theater banner things, like long banners, right? Yeah, I think those are those are from the Star Wars UK site, so I don't know if we're going to get those here. Or those are just going to be a UK thing, but pretty cool. With the what one with the stormtroopers on the left, kind of running in the water, and one with the rebels on the right, running in the water. Yeah, which is still weird to me. Like, I guess there's going to be a scene like this in the movie where they're just fighting in the in the water. <laughs> maybe they're just going to hug. <laughs> oh, it could be. I thought maybe yeah, maybe they'll get on the stormtroopers. Will have like stormtrooper boogie boards. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like surfing after him. Galabunga, dude. <laughs> Let's go surfing now. Everybody's learning how. Come on a safari with me. Come on a safari with me. Early in the morning, we'll be starting now. Yeah, otherwise, I, I just watched the Triple X trailer too many times this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> they both have Donnie Yen, so, you know, you can't yeah. get So maybe they, maybe, yeah, Triple X got the. The water motorcycle idea from the uh, water speeder bike surfboard Yo. chase in Rogue One. Because <laughs> then the sequel to Rogue One will be Hang 10. Finally, the, the surfing <laughs> Star Wars movie we've all been yeah. waiting for. <laughs> we need a call sign. It's Hang. Hang 10. <laughs> Dude. Cowabunga. <laughs> yeah, and then we got news that on Thanksgiving night at 8 p.m., on ABC, there's going to be a show called the Disney Magical Holiday Celebration. I'm trying not to get my hopes up for that, but it they, the the preview made it sound like there's going to be something new. Rogue One on that. Yeah, they're teasing something new. Yeah, I don't know. The last time we were told to watch something on ABC for a special Star Wars look thing, that was what was it was the sizzle reel again, or was it even the sizzle reel? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was a sizzle reel, but I had like two extra shots in it, I think. Yeah, so... It it did have the giant robot walking with the little robot. That's true. That might, you know, that might be reason enough to ignore your family on the holidays. <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to just telling everyone to shut up on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Rogue One! You know, you know what I'm thankful for? You all shutting up. I gotta go watch Rogue One stuff. <laughs> If you need us to write a note, we can write a note for your family explaining why you can't uh, talk to them. Yeah. Your loved ones can contact Blast Points on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. We would be honored if you would join us. Hopefully tickets will be on sale by then. Hopefully. Yeah, that'll be something to be thankful for. Rogue One tickets. Rogue One tickets. <laughs> you go around the table. Let's talk about what we're all thankful for. I'm thankful for my Rogue One tickets and all of you shutting up tonight when maybe there's some new Rogue One footage on TV. I heard there might be some more off. <laughs> I'm thankful for more off. I'm thankful Admiral Raddus might give a speech. <laughs> He's the Raddus of all the Mon Calamari. So he maybe he's the surfing Mon Calamari. Oh, that's why he's Radis. Mm-hmm. He's got the Radis moves. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he got his name. Yeah. <laughs> BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. His name used to be like Admiral Bob. Like <laughs> man, his moves to the Radis. They did like a knighting ceremony. We dub the Radis. 
for your surfing moves. <laughs> they are from a water planet. Yeah, Mon Calamari surf? Definitely. They got to. What else are they going to do? That's how their forearms get so big, carrying those heavy boards around. There was a little bit other Rogue One chatter going on during the week where somehow it came up again that people were freaked out that there wasn't going to be an opening crawl on Rogue One or there maybe wasn't going to be an opening crawl on Rogue One and some people just didn't know how to deal with that. But I th- wasn't that like old news? Didn't Kathleen Kennedy talk about that like months ago? Yeah, because I thought they were hinting at that at um, Celebration even. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because I've heard people, they're like, well, they didn't do it in Rebels and they didn't do it in Clone Wars. But then it's like, well, this is a live action movie, so it's a big deal. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm happy there's not going to be a crawl just because it's a good way to differentiate it. And I think in some ways, I mean, the crawl kind of gets get burned out on it because whenever there was a Star Wars game, it had a crawl. And right. lot, usually the, a lot of those crawls were terrible because they weren't really written in the right format to work in a crawl. Right. So I think just coming up with something new to really differentiate these standalone movies, I think, is is the way to go. Well, and I, I think the, the fact that people got so uptight about it is it brings back an interesting argument that we've talked about that it's like people, it's like the, the, the feeling of nostalgia versus new. Yeah. And that being a constant battle for some fans that they want with Star Wars, that nostalgia, that warm and fuzzy feeling, they want, they quote, want to feel like a kid again, but they also, if it's not new enough and not different enough, then they get mad too. So it's a, you know, it's a tough give and take. Yeah. And this will be our, really our first taste of what, uh, what Disney's going to do with the standalones as far as how much is it going to differentiate? But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's got X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Vader. It's like, it's got a lot more than I would have thought we would have gotten the first standalone film. Sure. So if it doesn't have a crawl, it still looks pretty Star Wars to me. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. And are they, are they going to put like episode three and a half or episode <laughs> 3.5? And it just gets, yeah, 3.5. It's yeah. just going to get weird. Yeah. What's the Han Solo movie? Episode 3.75. It's like <laughs> software updates now. <laughs> 3.1.5 Star Wars. You got to wait for it to load up. <laughs> Your Star Wars is out of date. <laughs> so there was, there was a little bit of episode eight news. Get Brother. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. So over on Making Star Wars, they were talking about some costume descriptions for Luke and Kylo Ren. Yeah. And the Luke one is mostly just talking about how his clothes were kind of dirty and he's wearing kind of like a scarf or something. But the Kylo Ren one was more interesting. They talked about how his, his kind of clothes he's wearing is closer to what Luke wore in Return of the Jedi, which is kind of interesting. But over that, he's got a, a cape, which seems very, very, very similar to a Darth Vader cape. What? Does it kind of seem like they were setting up something like that? I mean, even right from the get- beginning with him, his obsession with Vader and him having the helmet, like with him basically getting uh, all messed up at the end of Force Awakens, I kind of got the feeling even then that they were going to potentially change him to look more Vader-like right. as time went on. Show me again 
the power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. Show me. Grandfather. And I will finish what you started. I could see them giving him a full-on Vader suit at some point. Yeah. Which, I don't know, could be awesome or could be not awesome, but I wouldn't <laughs> put it past him. Yeah. Well, it, it, it makes me wonder, too, like, if it is, like, an actual Darth Vader cape, and the same with, like, the burned-up helmet, where is Kylo Ren getting these things? Where, where did he get these things? It's Did Luke have them? Is there some stuff that Luke kept from Vader? When Ben Solo, you know, betrayed him and all that stuff, did he take all that stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see Luke having the helmet. But who knows, too? I mean, they already said the First Order had all the Empire's star charts and things, right? So if they have old Imperial bases, maybe Vader just kept parts for his suits and capes and things around at different bases. Sure. I would I would totally get the imagine that he had, like, several capes, you know, for different situations. Yeah. Like a He's always spilling hot dogs and hot dog ketchup and stuff on him, right? So Grease. <laughs> Nacho cheese. Sauces. <laughs> yeah, just various sauces. Teriyaki sauce. Slushies. <laughs> I'm sure he was always spilling stuff. He had the, yeah, I don't think robot hands are that good at handi- handling condiments. Yeah. Well, and it made me think, too, that in, in the Aftermath books, there's a whole subplot thing going on with, like, Vader's lightsaber was sold like on the black market by these really sketchy dark shot dark side worshiping people. And I wonder if all that is going in some of the aftermath books to kind of set up where the heck Kylo Ren got some of this stuff. There's this this Vader worshiping cult out there selling Vader stuff, bootleg Vader's well not bootleg Vader stuff, real Vader stuff, but like, you know, on the street. Yeah. Or it's bootleg Vader stuff. Yeah. And- and in episode nine, Kylo is going to find out he spent all that money on fake stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get really mad. <laughs> He's going to show up even in eight. And Luke's going to be like, what's up with the cape, man? Like, that's, that's dude, I know that's not real. Let me check the tag. Nope, not real. How much did you pay for that? You got ripped off. That's how the first fight happens. Yeah. (laughs) So there was some Han Solo movie news. Han Solo. 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 Yeah, the thing with the cinematographer, right? Yeah. So Bradford Young, he was talking to Collider, talking about working with um, Lord Miller, and he had some interesting thing to say that uh, he's talking about like their unique vision, and he's talking about their perspective on story, and they asked me to come and bring what I bring. And so just it won't feel like 
any of the other films. And no one at Lucasfilm is asking us to betray that. They're saying, well, we're in full support of what you do, and we want to make sure we're able to help you do it the best way. He says it's going to feel like a Star Wars film, but we're definitely going to break some rules, and we're encouraged to do that. Visually, narratively, that's a good mandate. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, but even if the movie itself isn't weird, just having a movie... A Star Wars movie that's filmed and kind of edited and paced and the story structure being different than the traditional Star Wars movie is going to be interesting to see. Yeah. I'm all for it. And we've been saying from day one, like, isn't that the point of the standalone movies? Yeah. Mix it up. Mix it up. It's like a checks party mix. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Sometimes you get a pretzel. Sometimes you get that salty, dark brown thing. <laughs> Sometimes you get a, some Chex Mix or Chex cereal. You never know. You don't know. You I'm, might get a moldy peanut. <laughs> a soft peanut. <laughs> yeah, so I think we forgot something about Rogue One in uh, all the excitement with uh, General Raddus or Admiral Raddus. There is a Star Wars Galactic Atlas book coming out, which looks fantastic on its own. Um, there's a trailer of it where it's just about all the planets and everything, but. Explore a universe of incredible worlds like never before with the Star Wars Galactic Atlas, your one-stop guide to the Star Wars galaxy. Full-color detailed maps take you on a hyperspace journey everywhere from Tatooine to Endor to Jakku, the battlefields of the Clone Wars to the terrifying Starkiller base. Explore the secret history of the Rebels on Yavin 4 with exclusive Rogue One content. Relive the epic story, strange creatures, and glorious vistas of a galaxy far, far away. With dozens of maps, star charts, character profiles, and a timeline of the entire saga, it's the perfect guide for any explorer. Just to push it over the edge, there's a, a Jeddah page with some Rogue One tidbits. And pretty much the biggest one is there's a picture of a stormtrooper riding this giant, super tall snake camel thing, <laughs> which looks amazing and kind of uh, confirms some of the stuff. Because at one point, Felicity Jones said there were stormtroopers riding camels and everyone pretty much assumed they would be replaced with some CG thing. And potentially this is what they're being replaced with. They almost kind of look like the dark crystal walking things too with the big long legs. They kind of also remind me of a Cladu. From Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mixed with the space worm as its head. Yes. So maybe they'll be farting. <laughs> well, that smells stinking with. Last points, scoop number one. There, there may be farting camels in Rogue One. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. That's what, when George Lucas was on the set of Rogue One. He's like, ah, oh, you know, those big, those big snake camels, they should really fart. People love that stuff. Yeah. I get letters about it all the time. <laughs> you know, Garth Brooks, if I was directing this movie, I would make those those space camels fart. <laughs> I hope he really calls him Garth Brooks. Or he talks to him about the raid movies. Yeah. <laughs> you put Kanji Club in your other movie, how come they're not in this one? Tell that to Kanji Club. <laughs> yeah, where, where's Raid 3? Wasting your time with this crap. Garth Brooks. <laughs> that's what he, that's what he's talking about. He's got a weird sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I thought you weren't tur- touring anymore. Yeah. 
let's get if we think back in Force Awakens, right? In the wasn't the like the Where's Waldo book that had Jakku? Mm-hmm. How much of that stuff ended up in the movie? Uh, That's when we saw the Lugabees the first time, right? I think so. Yeah, nobody knew what to think of that. Well, and it just goes to show like everything from the TV spot and the trailers and everything. We I feel like we've seen so little of what's actually coming in this movie, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of surprises still. Yeah, and I mean, looking at this picture from the Atlas too, it's like it's not like there's a hundred things in here, and there's just like oh, look in the corner, there's this crazy camel thing. It's like everything in the picture is stuff we've seen in the trailer except for that camel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's pretty likely that camel thing's going to be in the movie. Hopefully, it farts. Yeah, we can <laughs> dream. What if dreams came true? But dreams do come true, don't they? From Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately, large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause, with her defender, Luke Skywalker. He can swing him into action on his grappling hook. And load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large-sized action figures. Up to 15 inches tall and ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner. So, Gabe, I think it's time to lower the disco ball here at uh, Blast Points Recording Studio Headquarters. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Dim the lights and turn on the the light-up floor. I have the smoke machine going already. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for the lasers. So Miko, like, I think everybody knows the the Star Wars disco song. Yeah, I would think even people who don't know who Miko is, if we played you a clip of the Star Wars disco song, everybody knows that. Yeah, I think at this point. So what is Miko's story? Where did he come from? So, I guess if you want more detail than we'll give is a uh, Steve Sansweet of. Steve Sansweet, <laughs> who's everywhere, right. basically does a nice write-up in the, if you ever got the the CD version with a kind of the best of Mako from the 90s. But yeah, his name is Mako Mondardo, um, and he was like a music disco producer, trombone player, um, and science fiction fan, apparently, who saw Star Wars. It kind of blew his mind, and he had this epiphany that John Williams' music would work as disco because everything was disco at the time and he made it happen and it was a huge hit it really was like a huge huge hit didn't it um the, yeah the album was nominated for best instrumental pop performer like at the grammys but in actually the in 1977 the award went to john williams for the soundtrack album so what in the grammys of 77 miko was up against john williams yeah, so John Williams was up against himself, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dance, they did a uh, like a three-minute single version, which I think was the one that was like number one on the Billboard. That's insane. In 77. Insane. For two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. That's probably what's wrong with us. We were babies, and we were riding in a car, probably. Oh, yeah, because this, that's the thing. I think this record totally warped my mind. As a kid, because I had the record, which if you didn't have the record, had the 
awesomest cover that had nothing to do with Star Wars. It was a guy and a girl in a spacesuit just dancing. Doing like the bump or something. (laughs) Yeah, in front of the just like space buildings. Right. And yeah, I I had two copies of this record because I listened to it so much. (laughs) Explains everything. Yeah, it was all downhill from that. So he he actually he put out there was there was Star Wars and other galactic funk. There was that album, but he also did an album for the Empire Strikes Back. Well, even before uh, Empire Strikes Back, like he kind of expanded. He did a Close Encounters one, yeah, in seventy seven. Star Trek. Star Trek, Superman. just like if if there was a movie and he could make a disco version he did but the star wars stuff i mean it's really well done like there's there's other star wars like inspired by or arranged versions of uh the music that came out and maybe we'll do a show on those at some point but really the mecco stuff kind of stands above the other stuff i mean it's really well done star wars disco if you're gonna do star wars disco (laughs) yeah star wars disco is almost like a whole music category of itself but yeah like Mecco is like the John Williams of Star Wars disco. Yeah, which I think he's still alive, but at some point that will probably be on his tomb, his tombstone. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Michael Frappuccino said no. He's like, if he was like, I'm too busy, I can't do Rogue One. If they're like, well, let's call Mecco, Miko. Let's get real funk. Let's get some galactic funk in this place here. Yeah, maybe. Rogue One, another galactic funk. I'm actually surprised. I guess he must just be too old at this point that there wasn't a Force Awakens one. But there was... A Phantom Menace one. Yeah, which I think our heads almost exploded when we found out because somehow both of us missed this. Yes. When Phantom Menace came out. You would, I'm really mad at myself. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've I was, there was spent two, a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure out how this came and went, and neither of us even knew it existed until not too long ago. I looked at myself in the mirror and punched it out of anger. <laughs> Let's start with Galactic Funk. And let's let's just sample some of them, and let's 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 see what we think. Let's sample some tracks. All right, so we'll start with the uh, the one that started it all, the original, was Star Wars theme Cantina Band. Okay, here we go. Let's 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 see what we think.
Gabe, could you imagine like going to a disco in 1977 and people are so disco crazy and so Star Wars crazy? People were dancing to that. Oh, I know. It's crazy to think about because I'm sure that happened like every weekend, yeah. like for, for months, right? People yeah. would go out and they'd be dancing and the Star Wars thing would come on and people would probably freak out. It was number one on like the Billboard pop charts. Yeah. It's but like I said, I think part of it, it was, it's, I mean, regardless of how you feel about disco, it was well done. Yeah. Like it does justice to the John Williams stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you're really crazy, like that's the three minute dance version, which is basically the main title theme and the cantina band. Um, the actual LP version, which is almost 16 minutes long, pretty much goes through all the music from the original film. It's like there's the title theme, there's the Imperial Tack. The Desert and the Robot Auction, The Princess Appears, The Land of the Sand People, Leia's Theme, The Cantina Band, The Whole Last Battle, um, and then The Throne Room and End Title all in one big 16-minute... I mean, it's like watching the whole movie in disco form in 15 minutes. <laughs> I hope there... I mean, there was probably some disco somewhere where, like, the DJ had to go pee, and he just threw on the whole 16-minute Star Wars disco. Yeah. I wonder how many people had heart attacks dancing to the LP mix, either from exhaustion or just getting too excited. and Tony Bongiovi produced the world-famous Christmas Beyond the Stars Star Wars Christmas album, which Anthony Daniels sings on, features the immortal song, um, What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Has a Comb? But John Bongiovi sings on the Christmas Beyond the Stars, Star Wars Christmas Beyond the Stars LP. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. So the Bongiovi-Star Wars connection... Is something a lot, a lot of fans don't want to talk about it, but it's there. Yeah. And what better time than the disco episode? Yeah. <laughs> Dig into that. Right. Another random tidbit I always like is uh, one of the bass players on the disco album is Will Lee, who was a big studio player in the 70s, who is most people know him from the David Letterman show. If people, well, I guess now that David Letterman's not on the air anymore, old, older people. <laughs> yeah. Might know him from the as the bass player on the David Letterman show. Fascinating. So there's a David Letterman show, Star Wars Disco Connection. So now we're we're jumping forward a few years, and Miko, hot off the trails of Star Wars, they got to keep it up with Star Wars Two, and um, he blasts into to Empire Strikes Back. Uh, 
you know, when my first, uh, uh, sorry, I was just totally dancing there. Um, I, <laughs> I, I knocked over some shelves with some action figures, so I'll have to clean that up. But uh, my first impression I th- with that is it sounds, right away, it sounds more 80s. Like, even though it was barely the 80s, but it, it's it's got more of like a, I don't know like a rock disco kind of thing. Like it comes in with like that Imperial March and like the rock guitar, you know? Yeah, I would definitely would agree that it's like, it still has one foot in disco, but it's slowly kind of, and I think this will be a theme as we go through the, all the Miko stuff. He's definitely one to stick to whatever, what's hot at the time. So there's a little bit of disco, but yeah, it's kind of morphing into rock. There's a lot more guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that one was just 1980, so it's hmm. very beginning of the 80s, end of the 70s. Um, if anything, he's ahead of the times on that one, getting the rock thing going. Yeah, definitely. the Empire Strikes Back album was uh, four tunes um, and the second one on there was The Battle in the Snow which is crazy he did a disco version of the like the Hoth battle music but it kind of makes sense like he probably you know broke the movie down into what are the big the big scenes that people are going to know and took the music from them yeah Um, yeah so let's play a little bit of that Yeah, sticking to the kind of 70s rock sound, a little, it's still disco, but a lot more guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, how does, uh, how does the force theme sound? Let's, uh, let's sample that. Can I just say, if there's ever a Qui-Gon Jinn standalone movie, that's what I want the theme music to be. Oh, yeah, totally. And I want Qui-Gon Jinn to, like, drive a Cadillac. where he just melts down doors. <laughs> like, qui didn't really die. He just got a job as an intergalactic like locksmith, and when people lock themselves out of their house, he shows up in his Cadillac and burns a hole in their door. <laughs> with that music playing. Yeah, with that music playing. Yeah. 
I can't imagine. Again, I can't imagine like dancing to that music. That's more. I don't know. That's like more of like. I feel like at this point, Miko was like creating his own soundtrack. Yeah, because there's something maybe you know similar to I guess Star Wars too, where there's like there's something kind of innocent and simple and special about the first disco song like where it is actually danceable and fun or these when it gets to the empire stuff it's the music and maybe it's the music of empire getting a little more yeah complicated and dark but it yeah it starts to be like prog rock or something where there's just <laughs> or it gets real jazzy and a little less just kind of fun so yeah here's the uh, basically his take on uh, the asteroid field music okay Parts of that asteroid chase part, uh, it sounded like a like a Nintendo boss battle. Yeah, there's really yeah, there's definitely the video game music kind of feel to those. Especially when there's like more synthesizers mixed in and the sound effects. to think back that there was a whole second like people would buy the soundtrack and then you would buy a different version of the soundtrack <laughs> just that you could dance to a that you could dance to funkier beat yeah but that doesn't really happen the same way i mean we just had that star wars electronic music album but that those songs had very little to do with the actual music and it was more kind of songs inspired by as opposed to alternate arrangements of the actual music well you know and it's interesting that made me think like how even when the force awakens came out there was a whole there was a whole thing online of people doing ray's theme and all kinds of different covers like people doing techno versions of ray's theme somebody playing ray's theme like a like a or a metal version of kylo ren's theme but i feel Mm. like now with like youtube anybody can do that in their bedroom and post it online and it can get shared, but it's not like a, a record, like a disco record coming out in stores that you can buy. Yeah. It's kind of, I guess the desire for that type of music is there, but it's more of a fan thing now. Yeah. And not an official thing, but really, well, yeah, I said there's other people kind of jumped on the Mecco bandwagon, but Mecco was the original. He was the OG. So then, Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we get into Return of the Jedi and Mecco. Thing, things get a lot more eighties, right? Yeah, and this was another one where I didn't realize this existed until more recently. Because basically, in '97, when they reissued kind of the original Star Wars uh, disco album, and then threw basically a bunch of other Mecco stuff as as bonus tracks, um, it had the Empire stuff and it had the Star Wars stuff, and I. At the time, I assumed that was they just put it all on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a whole Return of the Jedi album. Yeah, so the reason I think the Jedi stuff was so kind of obscure in a way is it wasn't actually, I don't think, on its own album. Okay. There was a Mecco album called Ewok Celebration, which had the Ewok Celebration, Lopty Neck, 
uh, a track called Themes from Star Wars. But then it also had weird stuff like Maniac from Flashdance, <laughs> the love theme from Superman 3. Oh, my God. Um, the theme from Simon and Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like all over the place. No wonder it, as a child I didn't find the uh, Mecco Ewok Celebration album. I don't know. <laughs> Let's play a little bit of um, Mecco's Ewok Celebration here. Prince and the Revolution taking that funky beat of yub 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 nub and just taking it to the next level. It's yeah, we're, we're firmly in the 80s there, yeah, and we're really only in 83, yeah, but it's yeah, it's a little bit of the like 70s funk but mixed with like early hip hop, yeah, and just that, yeah, start the beginnings of the 80s kind of funk sound. So, again, Mako, you know, keeping it cutting edge, you know. All the cool kids can dance to it and not be embarrassed. Dance to Yub Nub, finally. (laughs) Get your cardboard out and break dance to Ewok Celebration. Everybody back off. I got the hot new jam. And then, of course, if you're going to do a Return of the Jedi disco album, you have to do Lopsy Neck, which is already a disco album. You could dance to Lopsy Neck as it is. So I'm really curious how... Even Jabba could dance to it. He was getting down. You know, Ula is getting down. Everybody in Jabba's Palace loved it. It was her favorite song. So I'm really wondering how Miko could make Lopsy Neck even funkier. Yeah. So here's a little bit of that. All right. 
that's pretty close. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, remember we were hoping someday someone would do, uh, what were we saying, a special edition where they added more stuff into the movies? Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully someone would make one where they take the Jedi Rocks footage and then edit this extended version of Latinek in. And I was even thinking, what about Miko? Where's his remix, his new version of Jedi Rocks? I don't know. That's a crime, I think. Yeah. That there wasn't a special edition version of these albums. Which which is, here's what's weird. Is there is a special edition version of these albums, which came out, oh, I want to say, in the last 10 years, called Mecco Dance Your Asteroids Off. Great name. Which was billed as the complete Star Wars collection. But unfortunately for people who don't have the older releases, it is a special edition where it's the old songs, but they're kind of, they're not remixed, but they're, they have different sound effects mixed in and they're slightly different versions. So they are almost like he did do a special edition, but yeah, he forgot to do Jedi rocks. (laughs) He he put some Rontos and uh, put a digital Jabba in there, you know? Yeah. I would pay top dollar like at celebration if they brought out a Max Rebo band cover band where all they play is the hits of the Max Rebo band live. So they could do like Lopty Neck, they could do Jedi Rocks, and they could do that other great third Max Rebo band song. That, the background music song? Yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah. If I had to buy the what the Jedi Knight thousand dollar ticket <laughs> to see that, I may very well buy the Jedi Knight thousand dollar ticket if that was something that really happened. Risk divorce and that, yeah, it's got to be. I thought you said, honey. I thought you said you love me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Max Rebo for real. It's Max for real, Bo. Like we were talking about the the wonderful Dance Your Asteroids Off complete collection. I believe that's where basically he dropped a bomb on us. And there's some Phantom Menace tracks on there. Yeah. <laughs> that somehow we didn't know about. <laughs> Until recently. Yeah. So first off, basically, there's like a techno version of Duel of the Fates mixed with the <laughs> Augie's Municipal Band, <laughs> which is amazing. Which everybody was asking for. Yeah, it's Are like he heard us, but he didn't think to tell us that he did that he heard us. Should we play some of it? Yes.
Can I just say right now, there's no way you could get more, even though it's the tail end of the 90s, you can't get more 90s, early 2000s than that right there. Uh, yeah. He's, you know, it's Mecco. Yeah. He's on top of the trends. Mm-hmm. And it's like if he would have just did Durl of the Fates, that would have been pretty hot. But he had to just take it to the next level and yeah. throw the Augies in there. Right. Because that's, you know, when the people were at the club. <laughs> They were getting down to deal with the fates. But then when Augie's kicked in, yeah, this is a whole other level of party. That's when the balloons dropped from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. All the strobes kicked in. <laughs> Sirens went off everywhere. called the jedi knight okay what's what's the story with that i have no idea <laughs> but we can we can listen to some of it oh, oh i guess Cut it off. Cut it off. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> what did that even I don't have even to know do? what to say about that one. What did that even have to do with Star Wars? I, yeah, I, I think at this point, it's funny. Yeah, he couldn't even come up with three songs. He was like, he had two songs <laughs> for the Phantom Menace, and he was like, I need a third song. Doesn't have to make any sense. <laughs> So there's 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 a what's the there's another Miko Star Wars thing called Star Wars Party, which that came out in two thousand five. It was only sold on the internet. What's the story with that? I think you just said it. Basically, <laughs> at, at the, the you know the Star Wars fever of Revenge of the Sith, Mecco came out of hiding because I think if you look at his bio like at some point he just like disco got boring for him and he became a like commodities broker or something so he must have come out of retirement or something he, he had star wars fever he saw yeah he was just like i got prequel fever i can't help it yeah sith will do that to you yeah that's true but he didn't make a grievous song so i don't know <laughs> disco grievous is something i think the world still someday someday we can have it so what 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 kind of stuff is on star wars party so star wars party i think I was going to say, I think the fun thing, too, with Mako is it kind of, his career and with Star Wars kind of mimics Star Wars in a way, too, where there's the full range of quality and and weirdness <laughs> of his releases. 
And Star Wars Party is bizarre because it kind of came out of nowhere. The cover is terrible and doesn't look Star Wars at all. I guess it's supposed to be Han dancing with Leia, maybe. (laughs) Some of the songs, I think, are the older tunes, but another version with different sound effects and things. So some of them are almost like special editions of the dance your asteroids off special editions. It's like the D it's like when they came, when the stars movies came out on DVD, they were special editions of the special editions. Yeah. But these are like, I think if you listen to him too, it's like he played the original version and recorded it out of a speaker on a microphone and then recorded it again. It's like a copy of a copy. I don't know. They're just really weird sounding. A lot of them have nothing to do with anything to do with Star Wars <laughs> other than the titles. Okay. But Star Wars Party is pretty hot, though. So I'll, let's play some of that. Okay. No more. No. No. It's enough. No. So I can't figure out why they don't play that one at Celebration. It should be playing constantly. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it isn't. We're having a Star Wars party at Celebration. All right, the Blast Points Hotel Room. That's going to be playing on a loop. Yeah. We won't be in the room. but <laughs> Every time I walk in the room, I want that playing. It's going to be on loop. <laughs> I went my flight down to Orlando. That's all I'm going to be listening to on headphones. Yeah, but you're going to wear your headphones like inside out so you can't hear it, but everyone else can hear it. <laughs> Just so they know what's going on. If I'm going to a Star Wars party. Oh, another another good another uh, original new one on there, which is really terrible, but it kind of I keep listening to it. Is the I am your father? Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Most impressive. The force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. If you only knew the power of the dark side, your destiny lies with me, Skywalker. Will be one. Father, I am your father. 
<laughs> what what is that? It's actually crazy too because it's like legit sound clips from the movie interspersed with horrible <laughs> horrible sound, like people that don't even sound like who they're supposed to be. So we we missed we left one off from uh Dance Your Asteroids off as a surprise. Yeah. Because it's it's the hot jam that the kids were craving in 1999. Cousin Jar Jar, where it's not it's not Jar Jar, it's Jar Jar's cousin. Yeah, who's not Jar Jar? Who is not Jar Jar? We don't know his name. If he's Peppy Bo or something, you know. Yeah, or Jam Jam. <laughs> but it's. An unbelievable song where Jar Jar, cousin Jar Jar's cousin, he's going to a club and everyone wants him to dance because they think he's Jar Jar. Yeah. And they keep asking him, like, what's going to happen in episode two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's play. Let's play a little bit of cousin Jar Jar. It's not B.J. Hughes, is it? <laughs> Maybe it is B.J. Hughes. <laughs> far as... Whoever did the voice, they should have got instead of B.J. Hughes, because yeah. it's a pretty good voice. It's pretty good. No, thank you, sir. No. Might not think so. Excuse me. Misa talking to the wall. You said having trouble hearing. What's wrong, y'all? You say hearing what the Misa just say? Jaja Misa Kazanoki Day. Hey, Misa don't dance. He just wants to dance, have a few drinks. Yeah. Mingle. Maybe eat a frog. <laughs> just normal club stuff. <laughs> what people do at clubs. Yeah. You know, we we owe uh, we owe a debt of thanks to the maestro that is Miko, and where's Miko Wakens? Where's Rogue One? Maybe he maybe he's waiting for Episode Eight to make his grand return. Yeah, so like we said, he's still he's still alive somewhere. He's probably still has Star Wars fever. Yeah, and he's younger than John Williams, so he really has no excuse. <laughs> If John Williams could keep making new original soundtracks, then he should be able to dance them up. Yeah. <laughs> so, Miko, if you're listening, we're we're waiting. And if you have any unreleased, like, where are your uh, Attack of the Clones tracks? Yeah, across the stars, across the dance floor. Mm-hmm. 
So, Gabe, we've got two new iTunes reviews. Oh, that's cool. Um, our first one is from Stuperfly, and he writes, There are many Star Wars podcasts. Blast Points is one of them. It's also my very favorite. What makes it so much fun is that these dudes are knowledgeable, are enthusiastic, and aren't snobs about it. I listen on the treadmill at the gym, and I've gone from Jabba to Qui-Gon with Blast Points as my guide. Very nice. Yeah, thanks. Our next one is from It's the Deuce, and he writes, I always have a blast, and so will you. This one's really good. Uh, Reasons why Blast Points has quickly become my favorite Star Wars podcast. Jason and Gabe have an unconditional love for all things Star Wars. There's almost no negativity, and you won't find prequel bashing here. Quite the opposite, in fact. It's glorious. Hilarious banter. I laugh out loud at least once every episode. The best usage of sound clips on any Star Wars podcast around. They don't take themselves too seriously, and they're never preachy. They once dropped a reference to the 80s classic film Rad. (laughs) So, it's true. It's true, we did. It happened. It happened. Um, So, thank you, It's the Deuce and Stuperfly. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And then just a couple quick things before we wrap up. It's election week here in the U.S. And over on Twitter, I did a vote uh, for the very important question in these very crazy times, which is, after seeing Rogue One, I will be in love with, and I had four options. And Gabe, I want you to predict who won. I got Moroff, Bistan, Pow, and K2SO. I think K2SO is going to win... But Moroff's going to be a very close second. Oof. So K2SO won the vote with 67%, with Moroff way back in 18%. So it was a K2SO landslide. But who was second? Moroff. So I was kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the close part. Third place, you got Bistan at 11%, and Pow way down at the bottom at 4%. But, you know, all we've seen of Moroff in the movie is his back as he runs away. <laughs> and he still got second versus K2, who actually has dialogue in the trailers. True. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. So, he is a, he's still a superstar. I also want to thank uh, Roku Depot who wrote us on Twitter uh, about our world-famous life-changing E.T. episode. And uh, they let us know that Good Guy Force Lightning does exist. Plo Koon had it, and it was called Electric Judgment, although it may not be canon anymore. And this was seen in the, the everybody's favorite Star Wars video game, Jedi Power Battles. Hmm. 
which when because I played the heck out of Je- Jedi power battles, and when they mentioned that uh, our friends at Roku Depot, I was like, oh yes, that's right. But thank you, Roku Depot, for letting us know about that. Yeah, thank you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Yeah, so Gabe, that about wraps up uh, episode 48 here. We apologize if we made you dance. (laughs) If you threw out your back. Sorry about that. If there are any dance-related injuries, (laughs) you scratched up your kitchen floor. You didn't have the right shoes. Yeah, hopefully if you were driving and listening to this, you didn't go off the road. We'd feel really bad about that one. If you did, uh, if you were dancing and you uh, destroyed some household furniture or something... Send us the photos. Send us. Uh, yeah, send, we're we're on Twitter. Uh, you can look us up there. Blast underscore points. We're on Facebook. You can send us your. Uh, maybe you came up with a, your own dance move. You know, maybe you want to share that with the rest of the Blast Point fans out there, listeners. Your your dance moves you came up with. Yeah, your co- your cousin Jar Jar technique. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has their own technique for that that dance. <laughs> Yeah, we're also on Instagram. Look us up on there, too. And um, I do weekly uh, Star Wars Rebels recaps over on DoomRocket.com that you can read. But yeah, that's about it for 48 here. We'll be back next week with another episode. Yeah, and we're two weeks away from something special. Yeah, the the 50th episode of Blast Points is on the way. and. it's, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. It's going to be a good one. Really looking forward to it. Maybe episode 49, That's uh, we'll just talk about how great the next one's going to be. For... <laughs> and 51, we'll just talk about how great episode 50 was. <laughs> and then we'll get on to Rogue One or something. Yeah, I think that movie might come out. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening to, thanks for listening to us here, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Have a good time. Dancing. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Okay,